Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I want to continue today with the series, The Value of One. Someone say The Value of One. You are valuable. I am valuable. If you weren't, Jesus never would have come to die for you. God recognized the value of one in creating Adam and then creating Eve from Adam. My mom always said women were twice refined, right? So Adam was created, and then God took a rib and created Eve, and here we are. Adam and Eve, man, our great, 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 well, our ancestors, right? God has always understood the value of one. Um, a few weeks ago when we started this series, I talked to you about Mary. Started all, all started with Mary. In the New Testament, when the Lord sent an angel and said, hey, you're, you're going to be blessed among women. You're going to give birth to the Savior. He's going to save his people from their sins. Started with Mary. How about Abraham, the father of our faith? God called him away from his family, right? There's the power of one. God speaking to one, like Moses or whoever else you read in Scripture that is a hero of faith. There is value in one. So some of you know Pastor Coy Barker. He's um, my dad and mom of the founding pastors of this ministry, but Pastor Coy is actually my dad's pastor, and he's a tall guy with beautiful white hair. His wife calls him the Silver Fox. Some of you know who Pastor Coy is, and he ministers just about every January here as part of our winter conference, okay? And um, his life, I don't know if you know the story of his life, but at 14, he lost his dad. Look at this. Look at his life. At 14, Pastor Coy lost his dad. Then he gets married. I'm not sure how old he was when he got married. I think he may have been 18 years of age when he got married. Okay? Not to Pastor D. Okay? She's a lot younger than him. So Pastor D, um, they wasn't in his life at the time. So he gets married to the love of his life at 18. I believe he was 18. And at 19, they were crossing a bridge. I believe it was in Oklahoma. Anybody familiar with the with the line of trucks called Groendike. There's a Groendike truck crossing a bridge. And I don't remember the whole story. He can tell it way better than me. He lived it. But somehow, that truck ran them off the bridge. So he's in a vehicle with his mom and the love of his life, and he's 19. Well, guess what? The bridge plummeted. I mean, the, the vehicle plummeted off the bridge, and he was the only survivor. His, his mom and his wife were just busted to pieces, man. And he climbed out of that wreckage. They were dead, and he climbed out. And he went on with the rest of his life. And it's crazy because you see him, and he's so joyful, and he's so excited, and he's so full of faith. But, man, his was a story of tragedy. But his pastor, his pastor saw the value and power of one. So his pastor, when Pastor Coy was 19, his pastor took him in and adopted him. They didn't have much room in the house. He's a 19-year-old boy. He says, no, son, you're going to come live with me. He's like, no, well, y'all don't got much room. He said, don't worry. I'm taking you in. So he made him his project. He unofficially adopted him at 19. He was already his pastor. Took a, took a wife as well, right? His pastor's. Man and a woman of God. They, they adopted Pastor Coy unofficially when he was 19, when he lost his wife and his mom in that wreck. He didn't have a dad anymore. 
and they took him in. And you can see his life and what he's gone through, and you see the value and the power of one. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Are you with me this morning? Pastor Coy's story, it always, just about always brings me to tears, and I was confirming some things with him this morning as I texted him. I woke up thinking about him, and he texted me first and said, man, I'm praying for you and your lovely wife, and he sends us random texts like that, and I said, man, your texts have meant the world to me through some of the toughest times of my life. I'd get a text from you. Thank you. He saw the value in one. Value in one. I I had a friend in uh, middle school. He's a knucklehead, but man, me and Jonathan still make jokes about him because he he was kind of hardcore, wasn't much of a believer. He came to he accepted Jesus one time. I don't think he ever really became a true believer, but he said, he used to say this, and it was harsh. And we make light of it now, but man, it's harsh. And a lot of people think this way. He'd say, he'd say, how are they going to help me? Basically, if they can't help me, they don't matter. And I don't want you as believers ever, those of you joining us on the live stream today or in this house, to ever, ever look at anyone that way. Because you're undervaluing people. You're actually undervaluing yourself when you treat others that way, Right? So you see Pastor Coy's story, man. It's a story of his value to God, um, his value to his, his pastor. Wow. And we see the value of him and his wife to us now, Pastors Coy and D. Barker. They come every year, and you just see, and you just don't even realize all the tragedy they've been through. But now you know how valuable they were to God and how valuable Pastor Coy was to God and how valuable you are to God. So my first point today, real simple. Not a deep message, not a deep message. I'm not a very deep guy. Everyone is valuable to God. Someone say everyone is valuable to God. Mm-hmm. It's better to realize that now. Not, don't wait on it. It's better, it's best to realize that now. So we should be valuable to each other. Let's go to Matthew 6.26. Look at this. I love this. Matthew 6.26. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I'll tell you an odd story. I have a strange memory. Must have been mm, three or four years ago. Evan told me this story. I think Heather was home one day, and Evan was at work, and one of the cats snuck in a bird into the house. Do you remember the story? You don't on Permian Drive? Is this a true story, Heather? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, one of the cats snuck a bird into the house. What's that? They were always, well, one of them was, it was a bloody mess, and the bird was trying to fly out of the house, is what Evan told me. And so there's a bloody bird trying to get away from the cat inside of your house, and it's hitting the windows. That's a crazy, (laughs) some of you are terrified going, oh my gosh, well, cats, they bring stuff home. That's the way God created cats. They're stalkers, and they'll even talk to you differently. They have a different meow when they bring something home. Cats are unique that way. They want to show you, I brought you something. It may be a lizard, and I don't know if they expect you to eat it or chew it or lick it. I don't know, but there was a bird in the house. God knew about that bird in their house. And I love this verse because let's read through it again. Let's read through it again. Look at the birds. Jesus is saying, take note of the things around you. Just be observant a little bit. Get out of the smartphone a little bit, right? Just so you can look at the birds. See God's creation. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. I love this comparison. And he says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Everyone is valuable to God. Someone say everyone's valuable, valuable to God. Let's go to Matthew 10, 29 as we keep moving along here. 
What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. We may say a penny. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. (laughs) I love this part. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Some of you got a lot of hair on your head, and God knows how much you have. Some of us, the rest, not so much. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. It only gets better. Let's go to Isaiah 43.4 this morning. If you would, I want to load you up on the word. I want to encourage you. I want to build you up today. Remind you of how valuable you are to God and how valuable others are. Others, this is God speaking to his people Israel. We are now, Scripture says in the New Testament, we're now part of the commonwealth of Israel, his original people, those whom he brought the Savior Jesus through, those who he brought the promises, the prophecies, the law, the Old Testament through, and eventually the New Testament. He's speaking to his people. This is us now. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. Man, how much are your kids worth? How much are your kids worth? How much are the people in your life worth, the ones that you love? How, how much are they worth? Look at this. This is God speaking to you, his people. He says, you are honored, and I love you. And that is powerful. Can I read that verse again? I really want to get that down in deep within our soul here. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Let's go to Exodus 19.5 now. Exodus 19.5. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own. Look at this. Look at this. Just obey the Lord according to, to the word. Once you've heard it, you're responsible for it. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth. For all the earth belongs to me. He says, once you decide to put me first, you go back and this verse, everybody's had it as a bumper sticker or a, a t-shirt. I mean, anybody who spent any amount of time in church knows Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's that simple. It was that simple in the Old Testament. Well, maybe a little more complicated in the Old Testament, right, with all the old laws. But God has always just been asking for his people to put him first. He says, if you will obey me, You will be my treasured possession out of all the earth. And the whole earth, by the way, God says, it belongs to me. So when you put me first, God says, you become my special prized possession. I own everything anyway, but you willingly acquiesce. You willingly give in to me. You willingly succumb to my love. You willingly permit me to love you. And man, I own it all anyway, so I'm going to take care of you. There's a lot that God is saying right there. There's a lot that he's saying. So number one today, once again, everyone is valuable to God. Everyone. Someone say everyone. Everyone. Okay. So because everyone is valuable to God, we understand number two here come, should, should come, without, come along without thinking. Look at number two here. So Jesus died for everyone because everyone's valuable to God, huh? Say, man, Pastor Matt, why would you put that point? We all know that. Well, because sometimes we forget that Jesus died for everyone. Sometimes we as Americans, I can speak for Americans. I was born American, born and bred. I'm American. I'm real American. My dad's side of the family, the Spaniards, they settled here before the pilgrims. Great. Who cares? But, man, we've been here a long time on his side. 
My mom's side of the family, been here hundreds of years. I am American of Americans. And I know how Americans think. And Americans go, it's all about me sometimes. Maybe not you. Maybe not those on the live stream. Maybe it's going to be someone else later on that hears this message. I don't know. Maybe it's none of you. But you know how it is. It's all about me sometimes. No, Jesus died for everyone. We've got to remember that. He didn't just die for me. Because American believers like to say, well, Jesus, God, Jesus loves me. God loves me. Oh, yes, he does. But what about your neighbor? What about that impossible person at work who just want to thump on the back of their head? What about that irritating person? Not everybody's gifted with great neighbors like we've had. Some of you have had run-ins with your neighbors. I've heard the stories. People say, man, my neighbor's crazy. They're doing this. They're doing that. Okay. Well, Jesus died for them, too. Say, what about that person that they're never polite to me? I remember there was a lady at Albertsons years ago. I haven't seen her in a while, I, I guess because she won the personality award. But, man, she was rude every time we saw her at the store. Me and Jen were just, we were just amazed. She was just like this, just not buying it. And I always expect people to be nice to me because I'm nice to people. But sometimes my charm, it, it, it doesn't affect some people. And that's okay. I'm at an age where I can accept that. That's fine. But I remember a lady was just like this. Doot. 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 This doesn't have a price on it. You know, just, man, I was always like, I remember thinking, looking around, going like, man, am I missing something? <laughs> Is this a joke? Are they going to come out and go, we're kidding. We're going to see how you responded to the rudest cashier ever. But it never happened. Jesus died for her, too. Jesus died for that impossible family member. I don't know if you're supposed to raise your hand for that, but and there's a big old family over here, so maybe all, none of y'all should raise your hands because they're going to think you're talking about him or her because that's a big crew, a nice-looking clan over there, Harrison's. In it. So, but ha anybody ever had a, imp an impossible family member? Oh, gosh. Oh, you raised your hand anyway. Okay, she did. Oh, oh hands are going <laughs> Hands are going up everywhere, and some people are getting in trouble over it. Okay, I wasn't supposed to notice that. She, she didn't care. She's like, Pastor, I'm about to get married. I have my rights. They're getting married um, Saturday. Praise God. She says, I'm impossible family members, an uncle, an aunt, a relative, whatever. Just, you know, whatever. How about, how about? Jesus died for everyone, you and your past mess. Oh, that's humbling, isn't it? We weren't born saved, were we? Tell, no, I just rose up. I just, I came out of the womb. I mean, holy unto the Lord. No, you didn't. Even, even King David, Scripture says he, has a, he had a heart after God's own heart. He wrote in the Psalms, he says, I was conceived in iniquity. I was conceived in sin. You say, man, does that mean kids are not innocent? No, they're innocent, but they're born into sin just like the rest of us. And Jesus died for everyone. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.14. I love this. Either way, Christ's love controls us, or it should, right? Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. There goes that argument of, I accept Jesus, I just live however the heck I want. Uh, not according to that verse. And according to most of the New Testament, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer. Here it goes again. They will no longer live for themselves. The great old American dream, right? You got to be blessed. You got to pursue happiness. But in pursuing happiness, pursue blessing for other people. 
Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That doesn't mean stepping on other people. It means forgiving, loving, making, making uh, room for other people's mess and mistakes, accommodating others. You've got to have boundaries, but you've got to walk in love. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Man, isn't that a good message? Impossible people, folks you've dealt with. Man, you say, man, Lord, I'm just tired of them. Well, turn them over to the Lord. You ever come to the place with someone and you go, they're not listening to me? When people stop listening, I stop talking. They say, I want advice. Uh huh. You want advice that lines up with what you're already planning to do. I'm done talking about it. I've had people come to me, man, I'm just, I, I, this isn't working. I'm like, because you haven't worked it. You haven't sought God. You haven't put him first. You, oh, man, the word doesn't work. I'm like, when was the last time you read it? And I'm not being harsh today. You guys know, man, I, man, I love this congregation. I love, I love people I've never met on the live stream. I have love that God has given me for you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Every human has been there, especially American humans, American believers, say, man, get to the point and say, well, it didn't happen like I wanted it to happen. Can you imagine if Pastor Coy Barker had given up on God when his dad died at 14 and his mom and the wife of his youth died when he was 19, five years later? In five years, he buried his father, his mother, and his wife. That's crazy. I've never even heard of that directly in my, my sphere or circle of influence. And I've seen people walk away from God Jesus having, having died for them as, as much as he died for me. People walking away from God and the sacrifice that Jesus made for them because God didn't give them the job they wanted. Or I've seen, I've seen a lot of people, especially in the Hobbs area, walk away from God when God gave them the job they wanted. There's been people I haven't seen for months because God answered their prayer. They got a good job. Now they just work all the time. Say, man, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, uh-huh. I guarantee it. A lot of them have not asked off for Sunday. You can. You can do it. Say, man, does that mean I'm not going to go to heaven if I don't go to church on Sunday? No, no, no. What I'm saying is you want to meet together because Jesus died for all of us. we got to worship and remind ourselves of that. Why do we meet on Sundays? It's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. The Apostle John in the book of Revelation says, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's Sunday. In Russian... It has to do with the resurrection. Even the name, the name of Sunday in Russian has to do with resurrection. It is resurrection day, and Jesus died for everyone. Someone say amen. Let me make sure you're still with me. Let's go to point three today. So, having understood that everyone's valuable to God, number one, and number two, that Jesus died for everyone because everyone is valuable to God, number three, let's live like we're priceless. Did you know you are of, a, of an inestimable worth? I believe it's the Talmud, which is a gathering of rabbinical Jewish teachers' writings. And someone said, I believe it was in the Talmud. That's not the Hebrew Scripture. It's like a big commentary to the Hebrew Scripture. It's hundreds and thousands of pages, I believe. But someone said, a rabbi once said, that whoever saves a life saves the world. One life. Say, how, do, how can I? You just... They're valuable to God. And in Hobbs now, I know that you guys have seen this. There's a lot of homeless now, huh? Man, in fact, and I got to make sure I walk in love because, man, I come over here and there's lots of walkers around here. You know what they did this weekend? 
I texted Barry yesterday and said, man, those jerk faces, I didn't know what else to call them. That's a stupid sounding thing. I sound like a 10-year-old. <laughs> I said, those jerk faces, I didn't want to get too mean, sis, right? I got to walk in love. You know what they did? They came and stole the timer for our lights outside. The timer, man. I told Barry, if I catch them, I'm going to get that timer and break it over their head. And then I repented as he walked away. I said, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> you know, why would you steal the timer or the lights? They think they could, it has value. They can sell it for drugs or trade it or go plug it in somewhere and it plug their. I don't know. Why would you steal a timer or the lights? But they have value. And I've got to live like others are priceless to God. I've got others that have walked up and down the street for years. There's one in particular. And I know a lot of them by name, not all of them. But he, he's never wanted any help. Say, hey, do you want some water? No, thanks. But here he is. He's valuable to God. And others, man, they'll show up. I'll say, man, I, you know, you need something to drink or eat? Sure. Catch them charging their phone between the buildings. You know, we got power outlets. I'm like, charge your phone. Just remember, no cussing and no smoking on the property. Hang out. Don't make a mess. You're welcome here. Had a guy last week. He snuck into, we were, we were getting ready for the Thanksgiving banquet. Had a guy. He snuck in, man. Agapito told me, Agapito said, hey, Pastor Matt, I just now surprised a guy in the kitchen. It sounded funnier in Spanish. I said, you surprised him in the kitchen. He said, yeah. He, was, he said, man, I think he was stealing soap. I said, soap. And he said, he told the guy, he said, and he treated him with love. He said, hey, that, I don't think that's your soap. Had a big old thing. I mean, it was pretty obvious. I wasn't there. He had soap of some kind, and the guy goes, are you accusing me? And he goes, yeah, I probably am, but I don't know. And so the guy left. He said, hey, you can come to church, but you have no business being in the kitchen, right? You got to treat folks with love because they're valuable. And the more I see folks walking around around here homeless and stuff, I go, wow. Wow, look at all these people that Jesus died for. Look, he's hurting people. Brother Tony will give you a testimony, man. It would... It would knock the hair off your head. I must have heard it several times, huh, Brother Tony? But, I mean, it, his, Tony will blow, his, his testimony will blow you away. He is a miracle of God's saving power. I think we'll, we'll interview him again sometime on a Sunday because not everybody's heard his testimony. He is a miracle. He was homeless at one point, and God saved, delivered him, and filled him with a spirit in 1999. And he's been living right ever since because why? People have value to God. And we've got to live like we're priceless and like others are priceless. If I'm priceless, uh-oh, watch this. If I'm priceless, I'm not going to smoke weed over here just because it's legal. Is that bad? I said, man, what's bad? Well, and then others, the argument is, well, man, we, we drink sodas. Yeah, but I don't drink those big, what are they called even anymore? They used to call them big gulps. I mean, it's way more than one big gulp. And people drinking sodas, and it's like a gallon of soda, man. Shrinking up their kidneys, dissolving chicken bones and everything. It'll take the grease off your driveway. I want to live and treat myself like I'm priceless. So, yeah, I don't overdo it on sodas. If it was up to me, I'd have sodas and sweet drinks all day, every day. Ask my wife. I love sweet drinks. Love them. I'd be hitting it, man. Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper. I love them all. Mountain Dew. But I don't because I know I'm priceless to God, so i got to take care of myself. Temple of the Holy Spirit. So live like you and others are priceless. Let's go to Luke 631. This is a good review right here. We're about to wrap it up. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Remember the golden rule? Isn't that simple and beautiful and simply beautiful? 
what Jesus said. He said, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Treat others like you want to be treated. And did you know many times that has happened to me where I said, I've, I'm like, man, I want to just tell them something. I want to be mad. I want to, no, but I need to treat them like I want to be treated. Remember that movement in the 90s, what would Jesus do? Wear the little bracelets, what would G- WWJD? There's a lot of truth in that. You know, it went real commercialized. It was so cool. But it's true. What would Jesus do? How would he treat people? So look, you got to be confident. Be confident in who God created you to be because you are priceless. You're without, you're beyond value. Can you imagine that you were worth the blood of heaven? How is that even possible? You are worth Jesus coming down. God, in the form of a man, you were worth the blood of heaven so that you could spend eternity with him. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. I believe it. I know it. I have a revelation and understanding of some parts of it, but some of it I I study the story of Jesus and his passion, and he's just dehydrated and whipped and bloody and ribs exposed and dragging himself to the cross and carrying the instrument of his own execution to be hung on that cross. And I go, man, we must be worth something to God. Man, we must be worth something special to God. Let me go out on a limb here and say some people, this is not popular, some people, even though it's in Scripture. Jesus talked about hell a lot. Let me just simply say that you were never created for hell, and hell was never created for you. It never was. It was created for Lucifer, who became Satan, and his demons, his fallen angels, those that rebelled against God and led others astray, the creators of sin, whatever you want to call them. Say, theologically, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but you get my point. But hell was never created for humans. Hell is for those that reject God and his plan. Say, man, God's not going to force me. No, he's not. He's a gentleman. But I believe I'm speaking for God when I say, man, you've got to live like you and others are priceless. We've got to live like, take care of yourself, take care of others. Be confident knowing who you are in God. Know that you're loved and love others. Man, Receive chances and forgiveness and give chances and forgiveness. Scripture says freely you have received. Now freely give. Freely you have received. Now freely give. Let me go through my points once again today. Number one, these all tie into each other. They're progressive. Everyone is valuable to God. Someone say everyone is valuable to God. That's right. You got that right. Number two, because everyone is valuable to God, Jesus died for everyone. Someone say, Jesus died for everyone. Uh Uh-huh. And number three, what does that say? Read that with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Let's live like we're priceless. Let's say it one more time. Let's live like we're priceless. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. I believe the time has come. I don't have anything else I can add to that. If there is anyone in this house at the sound of my voice or anyone on this live stream today, I pray that you're listening closely and paying great attention. Because this is your moment in time. This is where the eternal clock, I don't believe it stops, but I believe it slows down a little bit to get you a chance to make sure your heart is right with God. We have been given, according to Scripture, the ministry of reconciliation, and that That means simply helping people get right with God. That's what reconciliation is. 
If there is anyone in this house at the sound of my voice today who says, Pastor Matt, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. Whether you've accepted Jesus before or you, you feel what we in church call backslidden. That's a real Christianese term, backslidden. Or you say, man, I have never made peace with God. I don't know if I've ever been right with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. You say, man, I want to make sure I am right with God today. God bless you for your courage. Thank you. Anybody in this house, raise your hand. Thank you for your courage. God bless you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you for your courage. God bless you, man. Let's pray today. Would everyone repeat this prayer after me? Say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe your word. And say, because I believe, you count it as righteousness. Say, I haven't done everything right, but you've been faithful. You've been perfect. Say, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I believe and I confess that Jesus is Lord and my Savior. And he died and rose again for me. So I could be saved from myself, from my past, from sin, and from hell. Say, yes, Lord, I believe. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look up here. I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to pray with you today. I believe God had a special word for everyone in this house. Raise your hand today, and let's all agree as I speak a blessing over you. Lord God, that your word would soak into our hearts today. Father, that we, it would be a practical word, that we would remember it, the most important parts of it, God, and use it, utilize it, and apply it in our lives. Lord, I thank you for everyone gathered here today, and the families, and the people, and the homes and the, the kids, and the bank accounts, and the property, and the pets they represent. Everything that pertains to them, God. Everything that's important to them, God, it's important to you. And I thank you today that your word has fallen on good ground. Such a willing, and humble, and kind, and receptive audience today, Father God. Thank you that your hand of blessing is upon them. May the Lord bless you and protect, protect you. May he smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. We thank you today, Father, because you're good and because you've heard us. You've heard your people today, and you've received their worship. Now, Lord, we, we assure you we believe. We believe today, and I thank you for your people once again. In Jesus' name.